from Studio Day J&J, it's the Happy Wrestling Fan Podcast. And now, here's your host of the Happy Wrestling Fan Podcast, Jeff Minalia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Happy Wrestling Fan Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Manalia. We are on episode 14. Welcome to the show. Big show tonight. Big episode. Lots to talk about. Lots of follow-ups. Oh, boy. Uh, a good chunk of the episode will probably be follow-ups and the main topic. Because <laughs> that's, that's how um, um, the much there is that's been going down these past two weeks since the last episode. Um, man, I, it's been crazy. Crazy two weeks. Crowds, live crowds are back, hopefully for a while. I know mask mandates are starting again. Uh, so, you know, even if you're vaccinated, still I wear masks. It's yay. It's bullshit. But anyway, um, I mean, don't don't relax. I'm going to wear it, even though I don't want to, but I'm going to wear it. Um, what was I at? Uh, welcome to the show. <laughs> Like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the Happy Wrestling Fan Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Happy Fan Pod and listen to subscribe on the following, following, botch, following, we're botching already, great. Following platforms, Anchor, Breakers, Doodle Pods, Pocket Tests, Radio Public, Spotify, and iTunes. And you know what I also just realized? Isn't it really called iTunes anymore? Isn't it just like called Apple Music something or Apple Podcasts? Whatever it's called, that's what it's on. It's the Apple version. I don't think it's called iTunes anymore. I just realized that myself. Whatever. Today's main topic of discussion. So, continuing our summer series. Now, full disclosure. Um, This week... Well, okay, it's either this week or next week might be the final uh, Summer Series episode for the, this, this season, for this year. Um, we'll, we'll continue next summer. I know it's still technically summer in August, but with uh, SummerSlam coming up and we got All Out coming up, um, so we're going to be getting into, uh, into that territory soon. Um, when we return, um, like there's a chance for one more episode of the summer series. Um, but we shall see. I'm not sure. Uh, 
I haven't decided yet. Either way, tonight's, you know, and I, and I like to think I've been keeping it fresh, mixing it up here and there. We had a couple deep dives We had of, you know, certain summers or certain events happening during the summer. Um, or, and we've, we, last week we had our discussion uh, with my friend Chris. He was on again. We were talking about summer of 96 in the WWF, among other things. Because, uh, you know, we always go into tangents, like I said last week, and we just, you know, it's what it was. But um, I have a few follow-ups on that um, from a few of those tangents uh, coming up. But so now I figured instead of doing a whole summer review again, I'd stick to a pay-per-view. What pay-per-view, you asked? Well, my favorite SummerSlam pay-per-view of all time. Like, seriously, this is definitely my favorite one. Um, I, 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 I thought about it. Solid top three for me are 98, which that's what the episode is about. 98. Um, it's an old school review, if you will. Um, SummerSlam 98 review. But anyway, um, it's 98, 96, and 90. That's my top three. Why 90 in the top three? Because 90 was my first. And for nostalgia reasons, you know, I, I, I gotta, I did enjoy that one, you know. But is it as good as uh, 96 and 98? Uh, no. Trouble we should We should review it. We could review it. Um, shit, maybe that's what we'll do next year, next week. Uh, not next week, but two weeks from now. Episode 15. I don't know. I feel like I should do something else for episode 15 because it's like another five. We shall see. All right. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let's get started with some follow-ups and recaps. Because there's a lot. Who? Who boy? Okay, you guys. Where to begin? Where to begin? I mean, I guess I can begin with plugging this past week's Watch Along Wednesday episode. Uh, if you haven't uh, watched along with that episode yet, go ahead and do so. Especially because it's in relation to this week's main topic with the, um, with the, uh, what is it? Hold on. I know this. Oh yeah. With the SummerSlam. It was the SummerSlam go home show. Um, the August 24th edition of Monday Night Raw, the go home show for some before SummerSlam 98. So, um, go ahead and watch that. 
by watch, I mean watch the episodes, watch the VAR while listening to the episode. Because, you know, that's how watch lines work. Um, also, for the upcoming first view Friday, I think tomorrow, or if you're listening to this today, Saturday, I think I'm going to put a poll up. Um, because I'm trying to decide what to watch. I have a couple choices I could watch um, that I of pay-per-views I haven't seen. Uh, one from each company, I think. There was a ECW uh, suggestion. There's a WWF, and there's going to be a WCW. Um, all three will be in a poll. <laughs> See how that works. <laughs> Considering... Um, we'll get to that later. Um, but, uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? Let me see. Okay. Couple things from last week's, uh, episode follow-up. Um, Chris, I'm calling your ass out. No, uh, <laughs> You you accused me of not starting the CM Punk episode uh, from the right place. And I will have you know that I went back and listened to that part. And I did start with the night after uh, Capital Punishment. So... You know, fully on you. <laughs> um, also, you made mention um, when we were off on one of our tangents. I think you had made mention about if Austin ever beat Brett. So I did a little doodle research. 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 Arch. Um. And albeit disqualification, Austin did beat Brett once, you know, by disqualification. Um, it was that Revenge of the Tater. I think he uh, he had him in a sharpshooter, and then Bulldog hit him with a chair for the causing the disqualification. So uh, Austin won that match albeit disqualification. I don't think, you know, with what I I saw with that, I don't think he did then um, ever pin him. Um, He never beat him by pinfall. He just beat him by disqualification. So that was an interesting note to note. Um... But then again, you know, maybe on house shows, you don't know. I don't know. Didn't say that. But, uh, you know, I, we don't know. Um, televised, he did not. Just by disqualification, he won. All right. <laughs> Someone at home is probably listening going, Hey, Jeff, did you beat him by disqualification? You only said it three fucking times. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, moving forward. Okay. 
so this was a interesting show. I watched, I ordered last week, last Saturday, last Saturday. Wait, yeah, it was last Saturday. I ordered my first GCW pay per view. So, okay. I'm not too. I wasn't too familiar with it, and I mainly ordered it just to see the match between Tardona and Nick Gage, which I knew was going to be brutal, and by God, was it brutal! Um, like really, it was. It was. It was tough to watch. Um, I mean, I'm happy with the outcome. But it was still tough to watch. We'll get to that when we get to it. Uh, and also, full disclosure, I, I only ordered night one. So I can't give a full show review. Um, I'm not even going to actually give a full night one review. I'm just going to do like some quick results and stuff. Because I don't know any. I mean, I know a few of these people, but not like everyone. Um, so the night started off with a few, so I'll, I'll admit, I thought GCW was all death matches and I was instantly, um, uh, wronged <laughs> because they did have some Pretty damn good singles matches. Um, opening contest, 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 that's a botch, was uh, Marco Stunt, GCW legend, or veteran, rather, uh, defeated uh, Starboy Charlie for the Dragon Runner. Um, pretty good match. Pretty solid match, and it was pretty cool to see Marco win. Um Definitely, uh, definitely an evenly matched, uh, you know, Starboy being, I forgot how much he said he weighed, but, um, yeah, pretty, you know, he was pretty impressed with the both of them. Uh, next match was, uh, Tony Deppen defeated Ninja Matt. So Ninja Matt, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, for, for a big guy, he was doing fucking moonsaults and flips and all that shit. I mean, he, I was pulling for him, but in the end, uh, Tony Deppen, uh, defeated him. <laughs> AJ Gray defeated Nolan Edward, Edward. These two beat the fuck out of each other. Um, <laughs> and then, uh. Oh my god. <laughs> this this right here was interesting. Uh an interesting an interesting uh contest. Two told Storpio <laughs> defeated the Grim Reefer. Yes, I said Reefer. And yes, during this match there was a little puff puff pass, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, very interesting. Very interesting. But I'll tell you what. 
two called Scorpio never lost it. He still got it. Fucking the flipping leg drop for the finish, for the win. It just incredible. I I I I I don't know how he does it. Just incredible. And I don't mean just incredible from ECW. I mean it's just <laughs> he's just incredible. So that was a pretty good one and then oof guys. Okay. So listen. I'm all for a good death match. But these kind of death matches, <laughs> there's just certain things that a human being should not do <laughs> to another human being. Oh, God. It was just, I mean, it was kind of tough to watch. I'm not going to lie. Um, hell of a match. I, I respect the shit out of both of them for going through what they went through. But the light tubes and the... Uh, I mean, I'm not... Ah. Uh, mm, no. No, I'm, I'm sorry. With all due respect, respectfully, that's kind of not my thing. But I have mad respect for them for putting their bodies through that shit because I could never fucking do that. And nor would I try. So, um, but anyway, Drew Parker, who, by the way, another respect, another props to him because this man came from Japan, straight from Japan, straight to the venue. That's like a 20-hour flight. And the man still won and became new ultra-violent uh, champion. So props, you know, mad props to him. Uh, Drew Parker defeated Alex uh, Talon, I believe his name was, if I'm not uh, mistaken. After that, there was a brief intermission. And we came back with a six-man scramble. Atticus Coder, I'm guessing that's his name, defeated uh, Braden Lee, Dante Leon, Jack Cartwheel, Shane Mercer, and Jordan Oliver when uh, Oliver had Braden beat. He was about to pin him, but Atticus uh, you know, punched him in the dip, and he, and he got... Uh, he got he stole the pin from uh Oliver and pin Braden. Um then the GCW Tad team titles one line as uh shit. Where's the hold on one second? I I I just had it. I just had it, and then I didn't write it down because I thought I could remember it. Remember it? 
but I didn't. One second. What's the guy's names? Okay. Well, man, then it was another guy. Fuck, man. Okay. 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 Second Gear Crew was the uh, the team name I was trying to think of. Uh, uh, that's Matthew Justice and Mance Warner defeated G-Raver and Jimmy Lloyd, the tag team uh, champions who apparently hated each other, I guess. Um, they're enemies, but they're the they were enemies, but tag team titles, uh, champions, you know, one of those things. Excuse me. They, uh, yeah, so second year, second year crew won the titles, uh, to which I guess Jimmy Lloyd and Jimmy Ray were going to settle this store in a deathmatch finale at uh, in Chicago. And at these weird ass names for a baby, three top stuffed. I, okay, it is what it is. More power to you. Um, but uh, <laughs> so anyway, that, that I'm, that's okay. That's that's like WWE's fucking great balls of fire. Well, like, why would you name a, uh, a show Three Tups? I, you know what? I I digress. Um. Uh, and then Effie came out to a huge ovation. Not to me, not to be confused with Jeffy, <laughs> which I am sometimes called. But uh, no, Effie came out with Alley Catch, uh, defeated, I believe his name is Funtman Ja, if I'm not mistaken. And if I am, I apologize. Uh, with a giant sleeper. And then he invited him to Chicago's uh, Effie's Big Day Brunch, to which he responded with a kiss to Effie and a kiss to Tetch. So uh, that happened. <laughs> but hey, Good for them, you know. I nothing, nothing wrong with that. Uh no, literally, not this. That's all. I'm all. Uh, I'm all for that. Um. So then, whew, another one. Oh wait. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. I did forget to mention in in the tag title match. That was kind of brutal too. They had barbed wire doors that they went through, and there was um, yeah, that wasn't as see that wasn't as brutal as the uh, the death match prior, but speaking of death matches, the main event for the GCW title, ah. Uh, Nick Gage. 
lost to Matt fucking Cardona. I will tell you. I will tell you what. I mad respect to Matt Cardona for going through with this because okay, the man the man's gear was white before the match, okay? By the end of the match, it was blood soaked red. His own blood, mind you. Probably some of Dage's too, but his mostly his own. Holy shit. Oh man, it was hmm. The man had a the gauge. He had pizza cutters. He had light tubes, glass. Why? Why? Again, again, I asked myself, <laughs> why would one human being legally, mind you, I mean, clearly this is not, this, this is not legal <laughs> in any sense of the way, but it's it le legally do this to another human being. Uh, and why would he agree to win? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, granted, he, he, uh, Tordona had help from, uh, I guess this 440H, or excuse me, 440 stable. And then, uh, this guy, Richie Shane Page, came out, and him and, uh, I guess Nick Gage, who were bitter rivals at one point. But they were on the same page against. Uh, they, they he told forty four zero to back off, and when they didn't, uh, Richie Shane Page and Nick Gage attacked forty four zero H forty four zero. I'm sorry, I keep saying. Um, <laughs> but uh, right afterwards, um. Shane kit Gage in the ditch, I think. Uh, because I guess that was the thing. He didn't he didn't like Gage, which gave Cardona the opportunity to bust the light tube bundles that were brought out by uh 440 uh over the head of Gage, do the Rough Rider, and get the one two, three, and then, okay, listen, guys, okay, I know it's happened in the past, NWO, people throw garbage in the rain, but, okay, this, this, I'm sorry, this, 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 this was too much, oh, <laughs> It's funny because throughout the night, people were throwing streamers, right? Like one streamer here, one streamer there. They can't coordinate the fucking streamers, but they can sure as hell coordinate throwing cans, bottles, shit. I saw a picture. Someone threw a fucking pizza cutter in the dodge. I mean, that that that's just, no, you don't, no, you don't do that. I don't care if you despise Cardona or not. You don't you don't do that to another human being. You pieces of shit. Uh and you and and this is towards 
those fans who who did that. To be honest, is I you all, I'm sorry. I know this is supposed to be a happy fan podcast, but I'm sorry. You're, you're pieces of shit for doing that to another human being. Um, the the disrespect. I just uh, oh, and the commentary so one sided in this main event. So pure pro gauge, which is fine. You know, which is fine. But after a while, it started to piss me off. So, in a way, I guess that turned me off to not order the night two. Um, However, as long as Cardona's in it, I will continue to support him and him only. So, whatever show he's on, I'll, you know, I'll order it, I guess. Again, until he loses it, but I—I I don't know. The wrestling matches were great. A lot of action. Death matches were okay. I mean, like I said, they were good in a sense that if you're a fan of death matches, then you don't love these, but. Not my cup of tea, but if it's by all means, if it's yours, more power to you. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bash you for liking this stuff. I'm just gonna bash you for throwing shit in the ring. <laughs> but uh, I mean, he was getting pelted with bottles and cans, and it's just it, no. That's a huge. That's no. That's too much. That's I'm sorry. They should have not allowed that. Um, I don't care how much you hate the guy, you know, that's just some bullshit. Uh, so that was that. That was, um, that was, uh, GCW, my first GCW experience. Um, congrats, Matt Cardona. And then the best thing of all, <laughs> the man comes from, leaves the, the when I, I tweeted him this, I go, Matt's the only man I know who leaves what I consider the angriest place on earth one day only to go to the happiest place on earth, the Nets, because he him and uh, his fiance went to uh, Disneyland the next day. <laughs> but, my God, the blood, the cuts, uh, and Cardona, and it's just they don't have doctors, guys. They 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 just taped up a towel to him and covered the bleeding and stopped the bleeding. He received a few stitches, but that's I mean not enough, not enough to just I I, I don't know I. Why one man would want to go through that? And why, why? And then, uh, we're going to switch gears to AEW in a bit, but to have uh, Jericho fight Gage, more on that in a bit, but holy Jesus, the man is 50. Why? Why? <laughs> I don't know. I digress. Okay. Let's, um, hey, here's a fun thing that happened. 
let's let's try to move into a lighter subject before I go into WWE stuff. Uh, Celebrity Family Feud uh, last week had Team David Arquette with it was David Arquette, RJ City, Dalton Castle, Pretty Peter Avalon, and Jack and Gentle Boy Jack Perry against uh oh the legendary Paul Rubens and Joe Manganiello and I can't apologies I can't think of the woman's name but she played Reba the male lady in Pee Wee's Playhouse so I kind of pop for that um can't think of a name though and then it was uh who else Oh, Jack A and Drew Carey, which Drew didn't even get the fucking play. But um, I'll tell you what, okay? For those, I, I think I might have mentioned him before, but if I haven't, I'm going to mention him again. I highly recommend you guys YouTubing RJ City and follow his YouTube channel. The guy is genuinely hilarious. Seriously. With his sarcasm, with his wit, everything. I mean, and he wrestles. Sometimes. <laughs> but I'll tell and, 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 and someone on Twitter uh, recently put out a playlist of his wrestling matches. So I went down that wormhole the other night. Highly entertaining. As in, uh, I mean, yeah, he, he's, he can, I mean, the man can wrestle, but he's also like, and do comedy at the same time. It's, he's a comedy wrestler, yes, but he, the man, when he gets, when he wrestles, he can actually wrestle. I mean, it's, he, 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 he does the moves, if you will, <laughs> uh, like he says, do the moves. Um, but the man is just so fucking funny. And, I discovered him last year during the pen. I mean, it was like right around the pandemic starting. And Matt Cardona was a uh, guest on his YouTube show, on his Sunday morning YouTube show. RJ made coffee in his underwear. And <laughs> I watched that episode. Um, and he was just hilarious. And I and I watched it mainly because it was, you know, Matt Cardona. And I'm like, Huge Matt Cardona fan. Um, so I watched that, and then ever since then, I've been, you know, loving his YouTube channel. Just the stuff he used to put out, especially through the pandemic. And then, of course, the WrestleMania After Dark special, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he was on Xbox podcast recently. And he said that he put he wrote that himself. I don't know if that's a hundred percent true, but if he wrote that himself and WWE allowed him to write that himself and make that and put that on air, that is the funniest shit under a WWE title that I've seen in years. The man is a creative genius. Anyways. Let's get some uh, 
money in the bank results for WWE. Okay, so money in the bank results. Uh, first of all, live crowds are back. Definitely makes a difference when the live crowds being back. Um, so some quick uh, money in the bank results, real quick. Gonna run these down. Uh, what do we got? Oh yes, the Usos defeated Dominic and Ray in the pre-show to win the tag titles. Next up, in a surprising victory. Uh, Nikki Ash, almost a superhero, aka Nikki Cross, uh, won the women's money in the bank. So that was uh, that was pretty awesome. I was pretty happy about that. Um, next up, AJ and almost beat the Viking Raiders to retain the. Tied titles, which is all right. Um, and then Bobby Lashley defeated defeated who did he defeat? God damn it. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. Twelve eighteens then by submission and sadly it was it was a squash and now well I'll do that in a bit um and then shot to number two BD wins the men's money in the bank so hell yeah you know that's that's amazing that was outstanding um, so glad for that. Um, by the way, both women's, both the women's and men's Money in the Bank matches were what you would expect. Um, pretty brutal, <laughs> as in, not brutal as in bad, but brutal as in, you know, violent with the ladders and everything. But, um, but yeah. Very proud of Biddy for winning. Um, and then Charlotte Flair defeated Ripley. Oh, what to do? Um, and Roman Reigns defeated Edge in a hell of a match. Very long match. But thanks to freaking Seth, um, Edge lost. So now let's see. What, oh, but of course, after the match, the arena went unglued. As you heard a very familiar entrance theme. And John Cena made his return. So, SummerSlam is shaping up to be so far Edge versus Rollins, Reigns versus Cena, 
Uh, Nikki Cross, by the way, defeated. No, no, wait. Hold on. There was a rematch. Rhea Ripley against Charlotte Flair. And Charlotte won. But then Nikki, excuse me, Ray beat her up some more after the match. And then Nikki Cross came out, cashed in the title, excuse me, cashed in the Money in the Bank. The next night, this was all the next night out of all, by the way. Cashed in the Money in the Bank and won the title in the end, in the main event, to win the title. So I'm super happy for her. Now they're going to be in a triple threat at SummerSlam where Ripley, Charlotte Flair, and Nikki Cross. <sighs> Bobby Lashley. Defeated. In front of his hometown crowd. Keith Lee. Are we turning to Lee? And then. So. I, I was, I was a little bit excited at first. And I'll tell you why. My mindset was he, he, he made the open challenge, but it was for SummerSlam. I didn't think that meant the open challenge was for Raw. So when Keith Lee came out, I was extremely happy. I was excited. And then when I realized he wasn't going to be a SummerSlam opponent, I was deflated because I knew who was just after the match. Goldberg came back. How good. Hey, also, Karrion Cross made his raw debut. Only to lose to Jeff Hardy. <laughs> so there's that, booking. Ah. I digress. Moving on. AEW. Holy crap. Okay. Only want to say a couple things. Random highlights here and there. So, Jericho is doing the five labors of Jericho thing um, in order to face MJF. At, at I'm assuming all out they're gonna they're gonna face if Jericho makes that far, which come on. Um so far he's defeated Holy shit, who was the first hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on a second. Why am I drawing a blank? Oh my god, who the hell was the first one that he beat? Come on! Think! 
Why? Um, oh, yeah. That's right. It was Sean Spears. And the stipulation was, and the thing is, it's matches where uh, MJF pits the stipulation of the match and the opponent and uh, Chris's stipulation, too. So, um, for this match, Sean Spears should use a chair, but Jared would not. Jared will beat Spears. And that's <laughs> once again in a no rules match, MJF made Nick Gage go this past week up against Jericho. And once again, like I said, and I can't believe this was on actual te- television. And I also can't believe that during right after the pizza cutter to the forehead. Uh, Jericho. Picture in picture, they air a fucking Domino's commercial, which, by the way, they are kind of pissed that that happened. Uh, Domino's, that is. Um, And uh, just, you know, Jericho hurt Tawana Gage through a glass-plated glass. (laughs) And he got hit with light tubes. Why? I just why? He won though. Jared over. He he won. He so so so. Gage lost to both Matt Cardona and to Jericho all the same week. Two people who are far beyond deathmatch wrestlers. That's that booking. Um, <laughs> but next week is huge. The returning. The juice is loose, and I'm not talking about OJ. I'm talking Juventud Guerrero, legendary Juventud Guerrero, and Jericho must beat him with a top rope move. Guys, that's going to be huge. Um, in other news, Lance Archer defeated... John Moxley in a Texas death match, but again, not as bad as well. I mean, Moxley did pull out a fork <laughs> and he used the fork, but that's nowhere near as bad as fucking light tubes and glass. Uh, and, but there was Bob Dwyer. Um, so Archer defeated uh, Moxley to become the new IWGP US champion. Then the following week after, or this past week rather, fought Hitaleo, which is the son of uh, Hatu, legendary Hatu, and Hatu was in the corner of Hitaleo. Um, Archer defeated him, only to be challenged by wife's favorite wrestler, Tanahashi. So Tanahashi and Archer are going to fight, I believe, in Japan. And they're also doing the thing where Moxley is kind of pissed at Tana for some reason. I don't know why. So that's going to be all interesting. 
Um, other than that, the world title. Oh, by the way, the feud between the the Pinnacle and Inner Circle continued with uh, FTR. I believe they defeated. If I'm mistaken, yeah, they defeated Santana and Ortiz. But I think uh, Wheeler hurt himself. Wheeler got injured, so I hope he's okay. Um, the world title picture. Hmm. Mm. Guys. Hangman. Okay, wait. I think it was last episode where I mentioned, yeah, it was, that um, Dark Order and Hangman Adam Page challenged the Elite to a five-on-five match. And if they win, Adam gets the title shot and Dark Order gets a title shot. So it was a five-on-five elimination tad match this past week. Let me tell you, best entrances ever from both guys. Pretty cool entrance in the beginning for Dark Order and Hainman. And then uh, the elites <laughs> came out to the... Um, Serious music, project serious music or whatever by the the um you know the Bulls theme. And then uh y'all ready for this? Da, 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 da. I can't I can't think of the name of the song, but it's some space jam <laughs> that came on. And by the way, they they're all in uh elite squad uh tank tops. Uh, Kenny being 23. Come on, Michael Jordan. Um, it was great. They, they, it was, it was fantastic. What was confusing as shit, though, was Paige lost. So, what happens now? I, I don't know. I'm confused. This is the only confusing um, confusing uh, this is my first this is the first time in AEW where I go why didn't Hangman win? I thought it was going to be Paige and uh, Omega all out. But now that doesn't mean he still can't get another shot. I mean, he might get another shot. But I thought if he lost, he doesn't get a shot. But we'll see. Because I think, because once again, he only won because he he was cheating involved with the belts and the, you know, outside interference. So I don't know. But um, I don't know. We shall see. So that's all the uh, recaps. Like I said, a lot of follow-ups. Jesus. I only have one piece of news. Um, so let's go into that quickly. 
couple things of news actually. Speaking of AEW, um, so let's go to that right now. All right, the only bit of news I have is in regards to AEW. I wonder if they listen to this, if someone from AEW listens to this podcast. I mean, I highly doubt it, but like so far, it's weird. Just me and Chris were talking about it last week on the episode. If you remember, what if AEW did a show from the United Center? Well, guess where they're going? August 20th, the day before SummerSlam, Rampage, the first dance, the United Center. And, like I said, this is not really a dirt sheet show, but rumors have been circling that CM Punk and Daniel Bryan have both made a deal and signed with AEW. So possibly, just possibly, there was actually CM Punk chants heard in the arena. And they were actually kind of acknowledged, if you will, by the commentators. So, does he debut then or at All Out? We shall see. I'm excited. And guys, since the recaps and follow-ups were so long, that's basically all the news. Um, Pretty stoked that AEW is coming for the first time ever to the United Center. Um, it's just, it's just so weird though, because it's for Rampage. It's only an hour show and a lot of people are going to be there. Why wasn't all out at United Center? And yeah, again, digress. I don't know, but, um, should be fun. Should be, should be. I I can't wait. I'm looking forward to that, in uh, in the upcoming weeks, to see what that's about. I'm just I'm just glad to doing shows out of the United Center again, because, you know that, that has history with, WCW and all, um, and a couple times WWF. They they had SummerSlam '94 there once. Um, all right, let's go right now to over the top, which is also going to be kind of short given the, uh, main topic discussion coming up and all that. So, um, over the top coming up. Over the Top is the segment where you, the listener, send me, the host, a category and a number of said category, and I go over the top, list, 
of whatever territory you did me. For example, you did me top five finishers. I'll list off my top five finishers. All right, folks. Um, this week's over the top comes from friend of the show and in real life, Chris Susich. No surprise. Uh, <laughs> but he suggests, he asked, or he suggested my top five or ten. And full disclosure, I'm running to five because it shows a little bit uh, running long already, and we got uh, the main topic still next. So um, I'm only going to do top five favorite Stone Cold Steve Austin opponents. So I figured, but you know, to be honest, I was actually trying to think of ten. And I was having trouble. Like I only made it up to eight. Um, but I, I had trouble coming up with two more. So that's another reason why I'm only doing five. Um, so. You know what? I'm pretty sure. Now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure it was Stone Cold Steve Austin, and not just like Steve Austin opponents, because Chris, I hope you meant it was just him as Stone Cold, because um. That's all I went with. But if it's overall Steve Austin opponents, uh, apologies, bud. <laughs> I only started with WWF. Because um, then I would have thought of 10. Shit. Uh, <laughs> but um, so anyway, here are my top five favorite Stone Cold Steve Austin opponents. Um, granted that he met Stone Cold error. And not anyway, number five, uh, Bret Hart. So, Bret was like the first feud for the first man feud for Stone Cold. I know, as the ringmaster, Steve Austin, or whatever, or Stone Cold, or whatever, it was like Savio Vader, but Bret was the first main bid feud um with Austin and uh the rivalry between them was pretty awesome and then at a that you know turning point of that was the uh the double turn at WrestleMania 13 Brett becoming a heel and Austin becoming a face um a lot of great matches, like I said. But it's it's funny to me that Austin's never beat Brett only by disqualification. 
as uh, I mentioned in the follow-ups. But, um, yeah, so that's why he's on this list at number five. Number four, The Undertaker. Another great opponent. Another great rivalry. Um, just the stuff with him and the ministry when Tater was in the ministry was, was great and controversial of that with, um, Austin being hung on Tater's cross one, one, that episode of, uh, great stuff. I mean, just, uh, great matches. That SummerSlam match, which we haven't talked about, oh my god, hell of a match, hell of a match, um, on the highway to hell, if you will, it was the 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 last stop on the highway to hell. Um, so that's another great opponent of Austin's. Number three, Triple H. You talked about rivalries. This was another great one. Uh, there was the, um, trying to think. So the, 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 the whole situation where Stone told it run down, run over by the, by a car and it turned out to be with Tishi. Um, but it was Triple H that was the mastermind behind it. And then that Survivor Series where he returned, they had that match, Triple H and Austin. Was it what I think it was no holds barred, right? If I'm not mistaken. And um Austin took the Triple H in the car in the forklift or that lift, that crane or whatever, and he um he tipped it over. That was one of my favorite uh favorite moments. But um, and then there, there was this. I think they had. Didn't they have a three stages of hell, or just a two out of three falls, at No Way Out, if I believe, and I think that was their last match. And the stipulation was they couldn't touch each other. They couldn't. They couldn't touch one another before the match or whatever. Um. So yeah, another great opponent and rival of Austin. Number two, believe it or not, Mr. McMahon. I mean, come on. Austin versus McMahon. You can't end a story, you know? The turning point in the Monday Night Wars was they thought they were going to wrestle once in a match and it ended up you know that was the one that was the law where Austin uh, McMahon was like you said you can beat me with one hide time behind your batch so Austin's hand was tied behind his batch and then they were gonna fight and wrestle and all of a sudden here comes dude love and um, that put a stop to that but they eventually did have a match at uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre where Austin won because of the debuting uh, Paul White, the bid show, and he put him through a the cage 
Um, and Austin landed on the floor after didn't put it through the cage. But um, but yeah, I just thought rivalry itself. McMahon winning the Royal Rumble, eliminating Austin. Uh, the, 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 the whole montage with Shane, I had Austin, you know. Uh, this is this is great. You can't. I mean, one of the best rivalries in the history of the WWF, Austin versus McMahon. But my number one favorite opponent for the VOD, well, I just gave it away. Instead of a Stone Austin. That's a botch. The botch. <laughs> um, as I mentioned last episode, I believe it was. Um, shit. Oh, no. That's right. In the Q&A, it was a uh, favorite Austin match. Um, but, I mean, come on. The battles between... Austin and the Rock and the feud and the rivalries. I mean, it's just whether it be for the Intercontinental title or the world, the WWF title, it, it was just incredible. Anytime these two met in the ring and Rock sold those stunners like a son of a bitch. I mean, he, he the best seller of the stunner by far goes to the Rock. Um, just incredible. So there you have it. My top five favorites, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hope that's what you meant, Chris. Uh, opponents. Um, if you did, if you would, if it, if it was um, yeah, no, I can't even think of it right now. Moving on. Coming up next. Main topic of discussion, the old school review. My review of my favorite SummerSlam of all time, SummerSlam 98.
the highway to hell SummerSlam 1998 Madison Square Garden was on fire that night um you you know looking through this card cuz I watched I watched the whole thing before I I did this um Aside from the first match and the last match, every match was like a dimmed match. Aside from the European title match and the WWF title match, they were the only two regular matches on the card. The other matches was there was there was a handicap match, there was a hair versus hair match. There was a Mitch Tad match. There was a Lions Den match. There was a No Holds Ball Falls Town Anywhere Tad title match. There was a ladder match for the IC title, and then a WWF title match. So every single match on this card was almost a gimmick match, besides the first and last. And that just—it's just incredible. I mean, that alone was so awesome. And um, opening bout was actually pretty damn good uh, between D'Lo and uh, Val Venus for the European title. Um, oh, so how am I going to go about this, by the way? It's basically, if you listen to First View Friday, similar format, but instead of, you know, Going match. I mean, I'm still gonna go match by match, but I've watched the entire thing already. Like I said, I'm not gonna watch a match, stop it, give my thoughts. You know, I'm not gonna do that. Don't do it straight through, one take. <laughs> you know, um, and just give my my thoughts and such, and uh, and, and rating too. I I will rate this, and I have a rating in mind already. Well, because I've rated them already. So, uh, yeah, of course I had the rating in mind already. Uh, as to why it's my favorite. Um, so, anyway, European Championship. Uh, D'Lo Brown versus Val Venus. Great back and forth action. However, um, and this is when D'Lo had the chest protector and it was just reinforced. And so, um, Val tried to hit. Numerous times tried to hit the money shot onto um, uh, D'Lo. Could not. There was even this one time where he went up and D'Lo kind of, uh, it was almost like the sky high on, uh, it was a power bomb. It was, he taught him in a power bomb, but it, the way he landed almost made it look like a sky high. Um, move that he does um, as a towner to, to towner the money shot and um, the DQ finish however that's the only thing that made this match not good I mean it was still a good match, decent match I gave it a 3 but it could have been better if it was not a DQ finish DQ finish was caused by 
Um, Val took the vest off of D'Lo. Um, ref tried to stop him from using it. Um, he was going to do the money shot on him, but he, he ref touched the ropes, causing uh, Val to trip, uh, to slip off the ropes, and, you know, doozle himself on the turnbuckle. And um, then he was going to try for it again. The ref stopped him. Val pushes him out of the way, causing the DQ. But I, like I said, I gave it a three. And uh, solid match up until that point. Up next. Oh, by the way, if you don't watch this pay-per-view, don't watch it on Peach. I mean, I that's how I did. If you have it on VHS, or if you have it from when you recorded it, or if you have it on DVD even, watch that version. Because Peacock version, they cut out the performance by Insane Tom Posse, which was all right, but they kept doing these weird cuts. But it would like fade to black, like it was supposed to go to commercial, but then it would come back and it would continue right where it left off. So I don't know, understand the point of that. I don't know if that's a Peacock thing. I don't know if that's because maybe that's where the, 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 the commercials would come in if you didn't have the premium, but I have the premium. So that's the first time I've noticed that on Peacock doing anything that I've been watching is the, the cutoffs that they've done for whatever reason. So it was very odd. So I, I do not recommend watching this on Peacock. But if you can't have no choice, well, then you'll see what I mean when you watch it. But um, anyways, next match. Four on three. Handicap match. Oddities versus tie and tie. Typical squash match, you know. But given the people in the match, I gave it a 2.5. I mean, tie and tie alone, combined weights, probably could match at least one of these guys. I mean, my God, uh, Silver, Trojan, and uh, Golda, a.k.a. Earthquake, a.k.a. John Tenta. My God, rest, rest in peace. But um, I saw him do a somersault in a match, actually, Golda, to, to do a tag. He, like, did a front flip. Like, what the fuck? All right. I wasn't expecting that from him. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, your typical squash match, um, the oddities win in the end. Uh, Goldra pinned all four of them, and uh, that was that. Two point five, I give that match, which is it wasn't you know. Uh, hair versus hair, double J versus that spot. This was an interesting match. Prior to the match, oh, I'm sorry. On Sunday Night Heat, prior to SummerSlam, which I watched before I watched the pay-per-view on Peacock, um, I watched myself. I didn't I do a watch along or anything. Uh, Double J and Southern Justice cut the Fink's hair and mustache. So the Fink came out with Ed's pot, um, did the entrance, did the whole shit with the, the socket and the... Um, the fireworks with Ed's pot. That was pretty funny. 
Um, uh, back and forth match. A lot of near falls. A lot of dude wrestling. X-Pac, however, used the guitar to win. But the difference between him using the guitar and um, Val Venus getting just didn't disqualify it is the ref didn't see this one when he used the guitar. So if you, hey, if it, you don't get caught, it's not cheating. <laughs> and to be honest, Dennis, um, Dennis Knight was gonna toss the guitar to Jared to use uh, behind the vest back. But Ed Spot diverted it and used it on Jarrett, thus ending up cutting his hair um, to where guys like Jaws and the, the headbangers came to hold him down. And uh, the rest of the Eds came to hold off, like the Outlaws came to hold off uh, Southern Justice. Um, so that was that. Um, 3.5 for that one. I gave it. Uh, up next, you had the mid-tad match where Mero and Jacqueline, Mark Mero and Jacqueline, fought Sable and a mystery partner. Mystery partner turns out to be Edge, who made his pay-per-view debut. Uh, this was actually a decent match, too. Uh, a lot of good offensive moves by Sable. Sable did a freaking uh, her Tanana. And... Um, Match ended when uh, when they did. I, I it was like a Edge lifted her up, uh, lifted Sable up rather, and she had her her legs around his waist, and she did like the splash onto Mark Merrow for the for the pinfall. But um, and you know you had Jadlin Jadlin was a you know she can she was a hell of a wrestler um she can uh you know out muscle the, the guys too um so yeah great match i never had a 3.5 um as well up next was the lions then match so shamrock and Owen Hart have been having quite the feud during the summer. Um, Owen said that he was mentored by Dan Severn um, for this match. Uh, the previous month, they had a dungeon match, the Hart Dungeon match, which they actually wrestled in the Hart Dungeon. Um, that was pretty cool. That was a fully loaded um, but this match is the Lions Den match. It was hell of a match. Great physical match from both athletes. Great athleticism from Shamrock using the cage to his advantage because that's was that that's where he came from the UFC. He um jumped off the did a few uh, offensive moves for off the cage that he jumped. He jumped up on, you know, and off, like not the top of the cage, but he like jumped off like the side of the, 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 the mesh, you know, the cage 
to uh, do a couple, like hit a couple clotheslines, flying clotheslines on uh, Owen. One time it backfired. Owen did a power slam. Looked kind of brutal because um, I don't think he got all of it. And Shamrock's head looked like it, 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 it went to the mat first, but he was okay. Um, match ended when match ended when Shamrock was he. Uh, hold on, let me think. Owen had him in the. Rear naked choke, almost like a Jaden sleeper type type of thing. Shamrock used the cage again to his advantage. Walked up the cage, uh, flying over uh, Owen, <coughs> get, getting him in the armbar, and then in the uh, ankle lock submission for the win. Seven was on the outside, looked like he was going to throw in the towel, but he just left in disgust. Um, at the fact that Owen lost and tapped out, uh, I gave that match a four. It was really great match, great entertaining match. So his next match was supposed to be a tag title match: Kane and Mankind versus New Age Outlaws. Kane was a no show, however, so Foley didn't want to go out there himself. Vince, with a little quote-unquote encouragement, um, doing an interview prior to the match, uh, uh, made him go one-on-two for the while and saying he could try to beat the both of them and be etched in uh, Madison Square Garden history. Um, It was no holds barred, false on anywhere to match. Typical hardcore match. Uh, not too much happened here. Still d- decent match. I gave it a 3.5. New Age Outlaws won um, after a spike pile driver onto a chair, I believe. Um, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, after the match, Outlaws throw him in the dumpster that they brought out to inside. Close the lid. And who came out of the dumpster? But Kane. So Kane then grabbed the sledgehammer in his hand. And you don't see it, but it looked like he smashed in Foley's head with the sledgehammer. At least that's how it sounded based off of uh, JR's reaction. No, damn it. Damn it. That son of a... My God, he's, you know, yeah, JR was having a freaking <laughs> heart attack uh, over Kane. He was losing his damn mind. So that was what happened with that. And then Chris Warren and the Diaz band, which I gotta say, as a live band, it kind of sucked. But uh, the song itself, you know, rules uh, the recorded song of the DH theme. But um, <laughs> they came out. Triple H comes out with China, ready for the ladder match for the Intercontinental title. Uh, the previous bout, 
excuse me, the previous pay-per-view. These two fought to a 30-limit time limit draw in a two-out-of-three falls match. Um, and the latter match came about when two weeks prior, they were in a street fight. And Rock used a ladder on Triple H in that street fight, I think, to win, actually. They won that match. The Nation did. And um, that's when Hunter challenged Rock to a ladder match at SummerSlam. Rock accepted that following week on Heat. And then um, that's how this match came to be. Hell. And I mean hell of a match. Um, forgot how good this match was. Like it, it really was good. Um, gave it a uh, gave it a four point five. Um, really, some great spots. A lot of uh, um, like there was a slingshot to the ladder. That Vought did the triple edge on the outside. There was a uh there was a point where Vought was gonna win. He was uh, he was uh, he reached the top of the ladder, he was gonna push him down. No, Triple H came to push him down. He does. Vought like bounced off the top rope. Just like they said, the way he sells is just amazing. Um, Triple H did a baseball slide into a ladder into the watch face, busting them open in the process. I mean, back and forth, the the watch did the damn people's elbow on the ladder, and there was another ladder brought in, and it was just it was it was a very brutal match. Mark Henry, however, threw powder in the face of Triple H at the end. Um, after. Triple H pedigreed the Rock. Um, but then he still tried to go up, climb the ladder, and then here came Rock on the other side, climbing up. But then in watched China, low blow on the Rock and uh, causing Rock to fall. And Triple H grabbed the title um, for the victory. And the win, and new international title, uh, excuse me, champion Triple H. Hell of a match, 4.5 for this one, which leads us to our main event. Mind you, mind you, the if you watched and listened to uh, Watch Along Wednesday, you will know that. This was when we find out Kane and The Undertaker have some sort of alliance. So Austin was uh, not trusting anyone, but he was also going to spare no expense at defending his title. And even if he had, even if he had to take a cheap shot, he said, um, which ironically is how he won the match. But. Um, Brutal match as well. They fought all over. They fought in the crowd. They fought at the, by the announce tables. They went through the announce table with the Undertaker 
Lay dropped through the announce table. Both men battered and bruised and just Kane came down at one point, but Taja said, no, let me handle this one-on-one. Um, like I said, back and forth. Match ended, however, with Austin uh, low-blowing um, Taker as he was coming down. He was, he was doing the old school where he came out. You know, he was walking the ropes, and he was going to come down Austin. But he uh, Austin low-blowed him and then did a stunner. And one, two, which why that wasn't a DQ, I don't know. But um, one, two, three, Austin wins. JR's going nuts. Crowd's going nuts. Crowd erupted when he came out. 4.5, again, was my rating for this. And, uh, yeah, there you have it. Uh, my review of uh, SummerSlam 98 was it lived up, still lived up after all these years, seeing it, nah, from not seeing it, rather. And uh, it still holds up as my favorite SummerSlam of all time. And just, um, yeah, it was it was great pay-per-view overall. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Coming up next, to, let's close out the show. Guys, the streak is over. Three count here and a up next. Son of a bitch. The three count Q&A is a segment where I answer three different questions from three different listeners or sometimes three different questions from the same listener. It all depends on who sends in the questions. Well, guys, it was a good run. Ah... <laughs> uh... It was too good to be true. We couldn't get two weeks. Two weeks. We couldn't get two weeks in a row. Huh? Three different questions. Three different, three, three different people. No? <sighs> All right. Well, whatever. It's okay. Um, I'll give you 20 bucks if you can guess who <laughs> these two questions are from. No. Uh, not one. I'm gonna answer three questions, but it's two people instead of three. Um, so two from one guy and one from the other. Um, first question. I I I I I don't I don't get it. But first question comes from loyal listener Eric Resner. He asks. Um, would you would you change the ending of the WrestleMania 14 main event if HBK was healthy and have him stay champion? Ah, uh, so 
the other person who asked questions, obviously, is uh, Chris. And he asked a similar question. But I chose Rez's because um, I would have given the same answer either way. Honestly, no. Now, that might be a shocker to you, seeing as how much you all know I'm how much of a big Shawn Michaels fan I am. But I truly think it was Austin's time. Um, he was one of the hottest things going at the time. So uh, why not put the belt on Austin? On the other hand, say he was healthy, would he have gotten a rematch? Uh, when was hold on I'm thinking when was no wait so what was shit does these these this was the time they were doing monthly backlash was there a backlash in 98 I can't remember or was it just 99 when it first was the first backlash? I can't remember. Why can't I remember? Shit. Um, I'm trying to think who we wrestled after he won the title. Because I know at, at the June pay-per-view... It ended up being, but then who the hell was in? Okay, hold on. I don't know. The point is, um, I don't think that I would have wanted Sean to stay champion. Um, even if he was healthy. All I, okay, if his injury wasn't as serious as it was and he was only off a few months or maybe like a year instead of four years, because um, I really don't see what part he would have played had he been healthy um, that summer or just going, going forward. Like even even if, like even if he, um, let's say he lost. Triple H kicks him out at the edge because he dropped the ball. So that's still a thing. So that new form of the edge comes back. But then does that mean Sean feuds with? Triple H and we don't get that whole thing with him and the watch in the nation or what does that mean? I don't know. That's why during the summer of that year, he does commentary a couple times. Sean does, but I, I don't know. 
interesting to think about, to be honest. But when it comes to him staying champion or losing to Austin, I'd have him lose to Austin. Uh, and then these last two questions come from Chris. Uh, should Taja have beaten Stone Cold Steve Austin at SummerSlam 98? And you know what? No. <laughs> no. Once again, it was Austin's time. Uh, he was on fire. He was on a roll. Um, and then they did the whole thing the following month at Breakdown where he loses it kind of anyway. And then I think that, that was the one where Vince leaves with the title. And gives flips off Steve and he says, You're fired. Screw you, you're fired. Um I believe that was breakdown, or was that judgment day? Shit. Which one was that? Um I know it happened sometime. But um but even so, um I would like to know why, because I, I, I saw in parentheses you you wrote, you personally think Taito should have won. Um, I would like to hear your thoughts on that next time we talk. But um, it doesn't even have to be on here. It could be over the phone or whatever. But, um, but yeah, I think uh, I think the right man, right man won at SummerSlam. Um However, I will say this. For your next question, the last one in the three counts, should they have had Kane have a longer title one run than one day? That, I will agree, I think, yes, they should have. And you wrote, how long? A month? <laughs> I mean, think about it, though. Because then you had Austin in this feud with Jay. No, Austin in this feud with Taker. Um, because then there was that one, damn. Hold on. No, honestly though, Kane did deserve a longer title shot, a title run than one day. Um, and it's the damnedest thing. Personally, I'm trying to remember why I saw the damn thing. Cause I want to say I saw the pay-per-view at home in Schaumburg, but then the next night on Raw. I saw it in Florida. I traveled a lot that that summer because I was a junior high graduation gift. We went to uh, Florida. And after Florida, we went to... We went to Florida for the summer like we usually do. And then we went to Cleveland, 
Tennessee and back to Florida again um, that summer. So we traveled a lot. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, like, say he won at Chain of the Rain, right? Chain, and then you could have had him lose at to Austin again at um, – or they even, hell, have him lose to Taker at um, – at fully loaded, and then Austin wins the belt from Taker, but then that's just like hot potato, which WWE tends to like to do. But I don't know. Guys, we need more questions. <laughs> we need more people to ask questions because I mean, I, I. What can I say? You know, what, what do I gotta do? What do I have to do to get you to ask questions on the show? It's not that hard. But that being said, thank you for joining us. Episode 14. It is late. I gotta go. Until next time. Keep spreading the happiness. John Oliva, you know what to do. Do the thing. Good night, everybody.